Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I'm going to talk about quitting your job. Many people left their jobs during the pandemic. Now they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. The way you leave a job is also so important. There are some trends about that that are really in that may be cute, may be funny, but the joke may be on you. And later, I'm going to talk about why Tesla Model 3s may be the best deal in the car market there is in the U.S. right now. If you're looking for a new vehicle, I'll tell you why that is. So, a few things here. Survey says 80% of people who participated in the Great Resignation, as it was called over the last couple of years, now regret it. And over the, the trend has been clear over the last year that people who said, hey, I'm done, you can take that job. And anyway, they are going back to work in very large numbers. And a lot of times you burn out on a job, you burn out on a career, but what's your next act? And a lot of people have said, I don't have one. It's not necessarily about money, but you got to think through when you are burning out on a job, there may be another answer other than just, I'm done with work. It may be you need a whole new thing. There's even a term for it that's in right now called career cushioning, which people have been talking about because even though the employment numbers in the United States have stayed very strong, there are more people getting layoff notices that you should already be thinking, particularly if you start having some burnout on what you're doing, what your next thing is going to be. What is the next thing that might be interesting to you or exciting? And even though people think electronic this, electronic that, electronic the other, the reality is most jobs today, just like always, are found word of mouth. People hire people. And unless it's a job that the employer is just begging for workers and they say, okay, you have a pulse. Um, Can you start 10 minutes ago? In most job categories, that's not how it works. People hire someone who they have some commonality with. So connections you can make, even if the connections start electronically, like uh, LinkedIn seems to be like a big thing for mid-career people, whatever it is that, that you establish those connections and you do it before you need the connections. That's the key is that you don't want to, once you've been called into the office and told your services are no longer needed and you're suddenly unemployed, that's when you say, huh, 
who do I know? Where should I go? What should I do? You want to think of keeping your relationships active and warm over time. And also you may find an opportunity when you weren't even looking for one while you are employed somewhere. So we are going into a time period that's so confusing in the job market. So confusing. Here we are with near the lowest historical unemployment numbers we've ever had, up a little bit like 3.6% or something like that. I mean, that's amazing. That is beyond what theoretical full employment is considered to be in an economy. And at the same time in that, there's increased turnover in the job market where before it was from us, now it's employers calling us in probably when we least expect it and saying conditions have changed, blah, 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 have a great day, bye. And so that's why it's important to think through what it is you're doing. Is it what you love doing? Is there something else you might enjoy more? And you cultivate your connections over time. You be there for other people and then hopefully they are there for you. Now, speaking of which, Hot thing on TikTok, overwhelmingly with people in their 20s, is when they quit a job or get fired, they do these really, really fun to watch videos that some people refer to as revenge videos or whatever. And they're very humorous. And the people are good storytellers. And they tell you why where they worked was so terrible. And they make fun of the company and the people and all that. And yeah, they'll get a lot of views. And I was reading, I don't remember where I read a story about how these people were becoming like 10 second celebrities that they'd end up being called up being on some talk show or whatever. And and they'd be talking about, yeah, so I did this and that and that. And everybody's laughing and yucking it up. Reputation, reputation. Yeah, you may be, getting in a nice shot on that former employer, but that stays with you and it creates an impression that others will have of you. And I shared this last month, and so I'm going to be very brief saying this again. When I, over the years, I've been hiring people for 40 years. When somebody starts talking smack about an ex-employer, they may be right about that ex-employer, But who does it really reflect on negatively? It reflects on the job candidate when they're spending their time talking about how bad that ex-employer is. It makes you look bad. You're not being positive. You're not looking forward. And so I know that you can feel like an employer deserves it, that people need to know how awful blah, blah, blah company is. But I can tell you that if you hope to progress over time in the job market, that that's not a great strategy. Krista, does that sound like an old man saying that? No, I think it's advice that everyone needs to heed for sure. Anonymous in Massachusetts says, I recently wrote a proposal to my small company CEO on the benefits of adding a 401k match, convincing him to add a 2% match. Fantastic. I'm looking for advice on ways to approach helping to improve the benefits, insurance, and retirement offerings. I'm approaching this as someone who has worked here for nearly a decade, working up from an intern to management, and I feel invested in this company. 
but I'm not a member of HR, so I don't have access to their processes or behind the scenes benefit costs and processes. I do know that their insurance is pricey and the benefits could be better, but I'm looking for ways to educate myself on the offerings and options for small businesses. I believed armed with the right information, I could help save the company and the employees money while improving the benefits package. Any tips or advice would be appreciated. They also mentioned that the benefits, the 401k is from an insurance company. And an ultra high cost insurance company to start with. Many small employers are not aware how they're getting ripped off to the max by having an insurance company provided 401k plan. And there are now a number of small business 401k plans. I talked about some choices recently on the podcast of of really affordable 401k plans for small businesses. I saw an analysis. This is very timely. I read an analysis just yesterday of a small business 401k plan that was 45 times the cost of low cost 401k plans. Plus, it's done by an insurance company. The 401k plan had surrender charges as well for changes in it. It's just a nightmare. But a lot of small business owners, they're busy running their business and they just don't know how much they and their employees are being taken advantage of by the crummy insurance company 401k plans. No. So when would it be appropriate for an employer to have a 401k plan from an insurance company? Never. Never, never, not ever. Because they are so incredibly high cost. Now we got a different issue. Um, obviously, uh, you want to help. You're outside of HR. You've got to bide your time. I think you've got to be careful. You got the employer to do the 2% match. Take your short-term victory and bide your time till you're at a point in management that you have the ability to not be an influencer, but a change agent for that. There's a fine line between in an employer hierarchy between making suggestions that would help the employer and your fellow employees and being felt by others like, hey, there he is again. What's the brainiac got to say again? And so I think you, you let this breathe for a while and see where your position is in the company before you help them. Obviously, you could help them a lot, starting with that atrocious 401k provider, but I think you got to just be careful how much you open your mouth. And what it means for you is you want to contribute to that employer plan up to the company match and do the rest of your savings for retirement in your own Roth IRA with one of the low-cost companies. I would befriend somebody in HR, too, and maybe have a casual conversation about how I listened to this guy, Clark Howard, and how, because they are probably participants in the plan, too, and how... A lot of times insurance companies can be so much more expensive in the end. And, you know, you know what happens in these ultra high cost plans, the costs are so high that participants can end up with less money in their 401k balance, even in a rising market than they started with because the fee structure is so outrageous. This is from Kathy in Utah. I just discovered that since June of 22, my 83 year old mom has had recurring credit card charges from various vitamin companies that total about $5,000. We do not know who these companies are or how to contact them. 
We closed her credit card account today. She acknowledges she placed what she thought was a one-time order with these companies, but did not intentionally sign up for recurring shipments or charges. I told her to refuse delivery on any new boxes that arrive. What else can we do? Will they continue to bill her and possibly send her to collections for not paying? I also discovered multiple charges from various political packs. These started with charges of 20 to $30 per month, and now there are so many charges she's up to about $200 per month. Will canceling her credit card stop these charges? Yeah, and Kathy, you're doing everything right. And I don't know if your mom is in Utah as well, but many states now have elder abuse statutes that specifically deal with financial abuse of the elderly. If she's in Utah like you are, that's going to be easy for you to contact the Utah state government, Google or whatever search engine you use, elder abuse statute, Utah would be a search. And if your mom's in another state, same kind of search. And you'll find if there is a resource. Also, you may find good resource data from the AARP Fraud Watch Network that would be of help to you. But as far as the steps you took with closing the credit cards, that will not work if you then got another credit card for her from the same issuer. They'll just rotate those charges to the new card number. You have to discontinue using a credit card with that financial institution. The PACs, you know, same thing. They don't have a card to charge to. They have no way to get at the money. But the state elder abuse statutes that have become more common around the country are the best vehicle if any of these companies try to come after your mom for more money once they can't charge the card. From Tenzing in Colorado, I have a rental property that is due for lease renewal in a few months. My wife and I are trying to decide if we should increase the rent. As it stands, the rent pays the mortgage and cash flow is about $400 a month. Similar townhomes and apartments in the neighborhood rent over $100 more than what we're charging. My tenants are a young couple. One is finishing school and the other is an assistant manager at a rental car company. We've had them for a year and they've been very timely with their rent payment. We don't want to overburden them with higher rent. At the same time, would it be foolish to not increase the rent? What would you do? I would leave the rent as it is. If you were telling me that similar units are, are renting for 500 more a month and yours is, let's say, $100 under market, the cost to you of giving the tenants a reason to say, huh, let's go see what else is out there, you end up with a vacancy. The cost is far, far higher than, let's say, $1,200 more a year and in rental income you'd have coming in. When rents are marginally higher with your competitors around you, then there's a benefit to being priced just a little lower in the marketplace. Makes your tenant more loyal, more likely to stay. You reduce turnover. When that gap does get much larger, that's when you have room to raise the rent and the tenants know, hey, this is still a deal compared to the general marketplace. My thing always as a small landlord has been stability with tenants. If I have a good tenant who pays well, I'm not getting crazy complaint calls about them, things like that. That's the kind of tenant that I want. So that would be my suggestion and my advice. And I want to tell you, coming up ahead, something I'm saying 
way before I ever thought I would. There's actually a real opportunity right now because of how weird Elon Musk makes decisions that there's a real opportunity if you do want to get a new car that's electric, and I'm going to tell you all about it straight ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I've had so many questions going back several years from people who've been electric vehicle curious, knowing that I've driven an electric vehicle now for 12 years, as I was an ultra early adopter of electric. You know, is it time to buy electric? And I've said, not yet, not yet, not yet. And more recently, I've said, back half of 23 is going to be more options, more affordable. Really, 24 is we're going to see the market flooded with far more models from many different automakers because right now, Tesla still sells, gosh, what is it, 80% of electric vehicles in the United States? Some crazy number like that. And the Teslas have been so expensive, all the models of Tesla, that for someone who's been a gas engine driver, it was cost prohibitive. But right now, uh, Elon Musk has done some cuts in prices to try to boost production and boost sales. And he's been moving the price up and down with the most popular Tesla, the Model X. It's had two price cuts and then recently a little price rise in it because the demand's been so strong. But the Model 3, the Tesla that is a um, smaller four-door, think of equivalent size it is like the size of a typical compact to intermediate size car in the United States. And those are available now, including shipping for 44600 I think is what they are. And then they're eligible for the $7,500 federal tax credit, dropping it into the upper 30s. And then if a state has a local tax credit for electric, dropping down to about the mid-30s. This will be one that has a range of about 275 miles and will have access to the Tesla supercharger network and will come with basic autopilot, which allows the vehicle on road trips to drive itself. And I know it's freaky to people, a vehicle driving itself. When you've done it on a freeway, you're amazed with any of the brands that have really gotten it together on the self-drive, how well they drive on a freeway and actually how much better they drive than we do on a freeway. And so this is earlier 
then I thought we'd be at a point where electric vehicles, there would be electric vehicles that would be equivalent cost to gas engines. There's also the older Chevy Bolts, older in that the technology is a little older, but those are much more affordable even than the Tesla. They don't have the speed or range of the Tesla, but they are a significantly cheaper option than what we're talking about with the Tesla. But again, we're talking about crumbs here in the marketplace. Well, this one will work or that one will work. And again, I still hold with the original, which is that the affordability of electric vehicles is going to get so good in 24 that the what they talk about total ownership cycle, you know, five-year ownership cycle, many electric models, even though they cost more upfront than the closest gas engine equivalent, over five years, they're cheaper to own and run total cost of ownership. What we're going to see in 24 is that the purchase price will be as good or better than the gas engine models and that the cost of ownership will be just all gravy, much, much, much cheaper to own and operate that electric vehicle than the gas engine. The big advantage that Tesla has right now in the marketplace is the charging network. The charging network that they have around the United States is phenomenal. You can pretty much anywhere in the U.S. get in to take a road trip and be able to have the vehicle automatically plot out where you charge as you travel across the nation's interstate system. Nobody else is there yet. Krista? Okay, speaking of Tesla, Terry in Minnesota has this question. Clark's newsletter said, Clark picked up this sweet ride for $39,990 a while back and says it's the greatest SUV ever. Enough said. He called Tesla and asked for the standard range Y at the time. I have looked and looked and not found one anywhere close to that price. Can you tell me how he did it and where to look for it and how to purchase one for that price? Okay, so this was one of the craziest stories ever, Terry. Here's what happened. Elon Musk being as um, his decision-making process, there's nobody like him. Like He'll just say, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Or we're going to do this or that or the other. There was a week back in 21 where he said, we're not going to make that standard range Y anymore. I don't think it has enough range on it. It was 243 miles of range. That's not enough. We can get rid of them. So I saw on one of the technology blogs that they were getting rid of them Whatever they had made already, they were getting rid of at thirty nine thousand nine ninety. So of course, I went ahead and bought one and took delivery two days later, one that was in inventory. I then last year, when there was the extreme shortage of vehicles in the United States, I sold it to Carvana for just a whisker under sixty thousand dollars after having driven it. For more than a year, I sold it for 20-something thousand more than I paid for it, and then turned around and ordered the highest level Model Y and had to come out of pocket just a few thousand dollars from Tesla and got it in three weeks. It was one of those things, the distortions that happened in the marketplace during COVID, there were certain opportunities that just made no sense at all. And so I just got... Very, very lucky. It was like looking for a needle in a haystack and being able to jump on it. And I should give my son Grant credit for the second part of all that. 
He came in and woke me up one night, said, Dad, Dad, you're not going to believe this. That standard range Y we have now is worth tens of thousands of dollars more than we paid for it. So I don't care how asleep I was. I was suddenly wide awake. I get up. I go in. I type in on CarMax and get a quote from them. Type in on Carvana. And I'm looking at the Carvana quote because it was like the CarMax was really high. And then I look at the Carvana and I'm like, okay. And I had seven days to do it. I did it on the third day. Here it is. Here's the title. Here's the keys. It's yours. And they sold it for like 60, I watched online, they sold it for 60 something thousand three days after they got it from me. So the market was just really, really odd at that time. So that's a long way of saying what I did was just a freak show kind of event. And a lot of times I read everything. And a lot of times my wife's like, you know, you're never going to stop reading everything. So you should keep working. But then there are times that all that stuff I read, I get the ability to take advantage of it immediately. This is from Paul and Heidi in North Carolina. One question we feel is never addressed, and we know you love your Tesla. Why doesn't anyone ever discuss the potential environmental fallout from all the used batteries? Lithium-ion batteries contain metals such as cobalt, nickel, and manganese, which are toxic and can contaminate water supplies and ecosystems if they leak from landfills or wherever they are discarded. Improper disposal can have an impact as well. Then there's also the potential additional strain on the electrical grid and wait times for charge stations. We all know the benefits of EVs, but let's discuss the unintended consequences and how we can protect our natural resources. Paul and Heidi, thank you both for saying that. So I drive electric. I just love how they drive. The fact that they get the equivalent fuel economy that's six times what a gas engine equivalent would get That's just a bonus for me. So the environmental thing, there's a huge growing business opportunity of taking old batteries and repurposing them or getting the precious metals out of them to be reused. There's too much value in those batteries for them to end up in landfills. They're going to be used for backup power, for stationary purposes like Uh, People have solar panels in their homes, uh, businesses that need backup power, or just the precious metals in them will be extracted stateside, not overseas, and then reused by battery manufacturers. So there obviously would be a terrible, and there has been forever with batteries, a terrible environmental problem with batteries just being dumped in landfills. But the electric vehicle batteries have such marketplace value even late in their lives that I doubt we're going to have the same environmental catastrophe that batteries traditionally have caused. And from Michael in California, my neighbor who is a Lemon Law lawyer approached me about suing Chevy GM under the Lemon Law in California regarding my fully purchased 2020 Chevy Bolt not being fixed yet. I have complied with the changes that GM has asked the owner to do, but with the restrictions, it's not the car I purchased. He says there is no monetary obligation because the attorney's fees and costs are reimbursed by the manufacturer. If he loses, he won't charge me. Thoughts? So um, the issue, Michael, with hiring any Lemon Law lawyer is the agreement you sign with them. Are you obligated to retain that lawyer in perpetuity and the no cost 
if they end up not doing an adequate representation of you, are there costs that then you will have to pay that lawyer for no longer retaining his or her services? So the Chevy Bolt thing has been a real problem with some of the early Chevy Bolts, a number of issues, and people have been told they have to park them outside, they can only use them this way and that way and all that, and GM has not been able yet to really get their arms around it. So you want to read the contract closely you'd be signing with this Lemon Law attorney. You also want to use whatever search engine you use, Google or whatever, to see what you can find out about them from others, not just what they say about themselves, and then make a decision. And GM should have done more for those early adopters of the Chevy Bolt. They so far have not done enough, and that's why they're creating the marketplace for these lawyers looking for clients to then go after GM for failing to take care of their customers. But having said all that, as I said earlier, the Chevy Bolts that GM is selling now don't have the same issues, at least not that anybody's found, and they're a real deal to buy. Effectively being able to purchase at 20 something thousand dollars for a brand new electric vehicle that, again, because Chevy doesn't have an effective charging network around the United States, it's a city car. It's one, a commuting car, city suburban car with a few hundred miles of range and you charge it in your own garage. Speaking of which, you know what I did not answer about Paul and Heidi? The electrical grid thing. I completely forgot. And I'm sorry. So almost all electric vehicle charging is done at home, 80 plus percent. And the electrical grid needs customer demand overnight. And there's going to be a clear thing you'll see in the United States that we actually increase the efficiency of the electrical grid by people charging, overwhelmingly the charging done at home, at night, and it will be time of use. Many utilities will offer rate plans that offer extremely cheap kilowatt hour rates for doing electric vehicle charging or in-home battery charging for people who get the battery backups for their homes that they do between like midnight and 5 a.m. or 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. or things like that. So I'm not really worried for now about strain on the electrical grid from electric vehicles since almost all miles driven in vehicles are regional within 20 miles of the home we live in. And that's it for today's episode. Remember, if you have questions, we have answers. And we, for 30 plus years, have provided one-on-one free advice and guidance from our Team Clark Consumer Action Center, open Monday through Friday, six hours each day. You can see full details about how to reach one of our Team Clark Consumer Action Center members for free one-on-one advice, guidance, and information at clark.com slash CAC or call 636-49-CLARK from 10 in the morning Eastern time to 4 in the afternoon Eastern time. Have a great day.